0: His Bible reading is Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 to 15, so follow along if you can. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles, first Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet. When you leave that home or town, I tell you the truth, it would be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment for that town.
1: Hello again. Please keep your Bibles open at Matthew chapter 10, if you've got a Bible handy. I'll pray. Loving Father and Almighty God, five day Bible study setting out, sorry. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you so much for your word to us in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Lord, we see the apostles being sent out today, and we pray that we'll understand how it is that uh, we are to go out into the world. And we ask for your strength by the Holy Spirit uh, to have courage and conviction, uh, to be proactive. Lord, encourage us by your word today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's truly exciting times in our church. We're in the new school, we have a new name. Uh, There's only one thing left to do, and that's to get out in mission uh, to our community. Um, Mission's going to be high on the list of priorities for our church this year, as it ought to be every year not to the neglect of pastoral caring, loving one another well and helping new people integrate well into the ministry of our church, but we really want to work out how it is we can connect with the community uh, abroad this year. We're going to work it out together. Um, God has blessed us with an amazing facility right in the heart of the community. God has blessed us with an amazing principal who is for us and that's getting increasingly unusual Uh, We live in a cultural context where Australian governments are increasingly marginalising Christians, but for some reason, and I can only put it down to the work of the Holy Spirit, our government has blessed our church richly with this facility and also with the principle uh, that we have. It would be unfaithful, it would be remiss of us not to make every opportunity, every effort right now as a church... Uh, to try to reach the lost with the saving news about Jesus. We've got this great opportunity. I don't know how long it's going to last for uh, before governments change and one day perhaps we can't use facilities like this. But right now, we're blessed. We're blessed richly by God through our government, which is great. As I mentioned before, the community movie night has been pushed back to May the 1st, but this is... Apart from, I mean, in addition to Easter, this is a golden opportunity uh, to get amongst it and reconnect with the community, be in the community space, have no high expectations on yourself to be evangelising everybody there or anything like that, but get along and kind of see what happens and be prayerful, invite your neighbours and friends to come along um, and be there. I think that'll be a great step forward for us as a church, uh, connecting with our community afresh as Grace Anglican Church. The fact that it's moved away from Easter means if you're going away at Easter, well, that's you now not an obstacle. Uh, you can come along on May the 1st, unless, of course, you're going away on May the 1st, um, which I presume is less of you, but I know it is some of you. Um, we're here. We're grace Lincoln Church. We're here to hold our grace to each other and also uh, to this school community and also to the broader Camden Valley. And by God's grace, he's again given us mission as the topic of our, in our passage today. Uh, which is fantastic. Matthew 10 to 12 is all about mission. It's all about God's mission on earth through Christ. Jesus came from heaven to fulfill God's mission on earth, and then he sends us out in mission as well as his disciples. Just as Jesus experienced conflict when he pushed forward with his mission, so we can expect conflict too anytime we push forward in mission but we know we have Jesus with us by His Holy Spirit. So we're going to focus on the first 15 verses of chapter 10 this morning. And the big idea today is the idea that as Christians, we are all on a mission from God, every one of us, not just the apostles. This mission helps define us as Christians, and it gives us purpose, direction and focus as God's people uh, in our lives. To live in God's grace, resting in God's sovereign grace, that is our mission as a church, to live in God's grace as disciples and to live out God's grace by making more disciples. That's our mission as a church. Um, We we rest in God's sovereign grace, working down the left-hand side. We rejoice in God's amazing grace. We're growing ourselves in the knowledge of God's grace and we're prayerfully dependent on God's grace in all things. Living out God's grace means that we seek the lost, we share the gospel in our lives, we commit to seeing others strengthened in our church by speaking the word of God into their lives, by joining a growth group and other ways, we serve others in love in our church and we, wherever we are. Today in our passage we want to focus on seeking the lost and sharing the gospel. This is where God's word has brought us today in our mission seeking and sharing jesus calls his disciples to himself he designates them as apostles and he sends them out on their first missions and he gives them instructions for when they go and he gives them additional instructions for what they do when they get there and one of the ways one of the challenges for this passage for us is you know how in what ways uh, is our mission the same and in what ways is our mission different to what the mission the apostles were given? So, there's definitely parallels, but there's definitely differences. So, we're going to work out in what ways is the same for us in what ways is it unique for the apostles. So, firstly, verses 1 to 4, we're all called on mission by God as His people, as His disciples, not just the 12, all of us. You're not just called to believe in Jesus as a Christian, you're called to share Jesus with others in any way that you can within your particular personality. And that's going to be different for everybody and that's cool. And this calling comes directly from Jesus himself and it's most clearly seen in Matthew 28. He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have a mission clearly from christ to seek the lost and share the gospel baptize those who repent and believe you've been called we have all been given authority as well to pursue this mission from god we go with the authority of god on this mission look at the second half surely i'm with you always to the very end of the age as we go out we go out in the power of the holy spirit not in our own strength isn't that incredible God has given us a mission and he goes with us. We have his authority as we go out into the world. He's with us by his Holy Spirit. Now in the passage, we see the calling for the 12 disciples, which is a little bit different to us, so we're going to unpack it. He called the 12 disciples to him. He gave In your Bibles, verse 1, he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits to heal every disease and sickness. Now we saw the calling of Jesus' disciples, firstly, way back in Matthew chapter 4. But if you remember, even back then, the call was this, come follow me, Jesus said, I will send you out to fish for people. In other words, the call to follow Jesus includes the call to share Christ with others, even back then with his apostles. And we're on this same Jesus-empowered mission from God to call people to repent and believe. Now here, in Matthew 10, he gives the disciples a specific type of authority, different to us. He gives them the authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. Wouldn't that be great if you could just do that? You have the power to heal every disease and sickness. Especially parents, wouldn't that be nice? Kids get sick, you're healed, that'd be awesome. Can't do that. Now this, this... Authority, the specific authority that he gives his, disciples, his apostles here is, is the same authority that he's been demonstrating himself, isn't it? In the last couple of chapters, he's been casting out demons, he's been healing sickness and disease, and he's even been raising the dead himself. And now he gives that same authority to his apostles as they go out. In fact, the phrase, every disease and sickness used to describe the apostles' healing ministry in Matthew 10, is the same phrase used in Matthew 9 to describe Jesus' healing ministry. And Jesus can give authority because he has authority. He is from God and truly God himself. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the harvest. In fact, the Bible tells us that he's far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, But also in the one to come. Jesus has ultimate and infinite power and authority. And Jesus calls us to go on mission with him, with his authority. If you want to glance at your Bibles again, you'll see that Matthew gives us the actual names of the 12 disciples called to him, and he pairs them off as well, which is interesting. And he calls them apostles rather than disciples. They're disciples, but they're designated apostles. Jesus had many disciples or followers. He has many in this room. But only these 12 disciples are apostles. The fact that they're 12 corresponds to the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament, just as God grew his kingdom out of the 12 tribes of Israel, so now he's going to grow his kingdom out of the 12 apostles and their teaching into the world. As you look at the list... Look at the list. You see there's a variety of individuals. They've come from different backgrounds, a bit like our church, isn't it? Look around the room. You see there's lots of different people from different backgrounds. But they've all been called together in this mission from God. Apostles means sent ones. Jesus is sending out the apostles with his authority to do his will. We've been called by Christ, to make disciples of all nations, beginning with Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills. We're on mission to Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills from God. Now, when Jesus called the disciples to himself, he also gave them specific instructions for their mission, instructions for when they go and for when they get there. And although, in one sense, these instructions were specifically for them and their particular mission, again, There's parallels for us, for their mission and for our mission found in other parts of Scripture. Jesus gives them instructions concerning their mission, their message, their miracles and their means. So this morning we're going to look at their mission and our mission. We're going to look at their message and our message. We're going to look at their miracles and our miracles. We're going to look at their means and our means. And we want to work out how it applies to us. Today their mission was to the lost sheep of Israel. look at verse five and six. these twelve Jesus sent out with following the following instructions: Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans, go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. The Bible's clear the gospel is first for the Jew and then for the Gentile and the apostles are sent to the Jews to the lost Jews who have not put their trust in Jesus but fear not Gentiles, we get the Apostle Paul later on. He's amazing. It's unclear why, but the Bible is clear that the Gospel is first for the Jew. So Jesus restricts this first mission to the lost sheep of Israel, to the Jews. The word lost carries the idea of perishing or dying spiritually. So this is a rescue mission they're on. They're on a rescue mission from God. Well, what about our mission? Again, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, not just the Jews. So, in the New Testament, it's now, for us, it's, it's gone out to all people, not just the Jews. That's great, because there's probably no Jews in the room. We're all Gentiles. Almost all of us in this community are Gentiles, not Jews. And the mission, the rescue mission, is for all people. We are all on a rescue mission from God. There are lost people all over the suburbs that we're in, all over the Camden Valley, all over the world, who are dying without Christ as their saviour. They need Jesus and we need to share his grace with them, starting with Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills. Their message is... As you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. It was a simple message. The kingdom of heaven is near. This is the exact same message that John the Baptist preached and Jesus as well preached earlier in Matthew. John preached it about Jesus and Jesus preached it about himself. The kingdom of God has come in the person of Jesus. Jesus is God's kingdom on earth he is the king, he is the ruler, he is the saviour. So when he is near, God's kingdom is near. Jesus tells the disciples a specific message, let everyone know I'm here, the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, what about us? What message do we have? We live post-resurrection and post the pouring out of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So, John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's our message. We have the Gospel to tell people. We need to tell people to repent and put their trust in Jesus and be saved. Jesus has paid the price for our sins in full, we need only receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life from Him. That is the glorious message we have for Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills. Well, what if you don't live in Gregory Hills or Gledswood Hills, which probably over half of you don't? Well, I had a good chat with a dear friend from church just the other day about this. What if I don't live in Gregory Hills? I don't live in Gledswood Hills. Well, I want to say that as a Christian you are on mission to your family. As a Christian, you're on mission to your neighbours. As a Christian, you're on mission to your colleagues. Of course you are, wherever you are. As a Christian, you're on mission to share the gospel with whoever's in your midst. So if you live in Camden or Camden South or Spring Farm or something, somewhere else, Willowdale, you're on mission to your neighbours because you're a Christian. As a partner in our church... Grace Anglican Church, Gledswood Hills, you're also on a specific mission to Gledswood Hills and Gregory Hills. You're committed to our church's mission to particularly reach the lost in Gledswood Hills and Gregory Hills. Not to the exclusion of everyone else. We love to see people from all over coming to our church. But we are dedicated in particular to the mission of Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills. So what about their Miracles well can we perform miracles jesus told them look at verse 8 heal the sick raise the dead cleanse those who have leprosy drive out demons freely you have received freely give these are the same miracles jesus performed aren't they he performed all these miracles we've looked at those the last couple of weeks Notice how cleansing those who have leprosy is emphasised. This is a particular, that's kind of drawn as a particular uh, miracle. When we looked at Jesus healing a leper back in Matthew 8, we saw how healing from leprosy especially symbolised God's ability to cleanse sin. So why all the miracles? Why not just preach the message without the miracles? Well, the miracles here are part of the message. And the miracles for us are part of the message thousands of years later, as we read them. Jesus gave them the power to perform miracles because of the message of the miracles. Remember their message was the same, the kingdom of God is near. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's rule over sickness, over Satan, over death. How do you know the kingdom of God is near? When you see Jesus the king exercising his power over sickness, his power over Satan and demons, his power over death, you see the kingdom of God at work. The apostles were sent out as representatives of Christ and so Jesus gave them the same authority over sickness and Satan and death that he had to demonstrate to show that God's kingdom had come near in him. Does that make sense? The miracles demonstrate that God is near and he has power to save. And notice also the apostles were not to charge for their services. They received this power freely from Jesus and what they received freely from Jesus, they were to give freely, no charge, to others. So what about us? Well, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. How good's that? Anything. <laughs> Have we got the same power to work miracles as the apostles were given? Well, no, we don't. Definitely not. The apostles were given a special power for a special set amount of time, a special anointing by Jesus, which was temporary, for their mission at that time. For our benefit, though, later on as we read uh, these words. They had direct power to heal the sick, to raise the dead and drive out demons. They just had to say it and it happened. Like Moses and Elijah and others were given specific power at a specific time to work miracles. Moses parted the Red Sea. Well, Moses didn't. God did through Moses. But Moses was given the power for that time. So the apostles were given this particular power at this particular time for a particular purpose to demonstrate the kingdom of God was near. That's why they're apostles and we're not. We are disciples, however. Jesus had many, many disciples at that time who didn't have that specific power and authority. In the book of Acts, it's the apostles who were singled out as having the power to work healing and miracles. So once again, what about us? Does that mean God is through with working miracles? Well, I don't think so. But unlike the apostles who are given direct authority to say it and it happened where to pray in jesus name we pray for god to divinely intervene in our life and in the lives of others we pray for god to act in the world powerfully and with his authority asking in jesus name means asking in jesus authority and according to his will i can't ask for a new ferrari even if i want one that's not according to jesus will and plan We ask in Jesus' authority and according to his will and God answers our prayers as he will and as he chooses. But know, friends, that when we pray, when we pray with Jesus' authority and according to his will, great things can happen. Please pray for the lost in our communities, in our suburbs and in your neighbourhoods and great things will happen. It could mean miraculous things i have heard of miracle healings i do know someone who was miraculously healed from his cerebral palsy but it doesn't mean that we have direct power to do uh, things as the apostles did jesus miracles pointed to the greater miracle of salvation the healing from leprosy represented cleansing from sin the healing from paralyzation us that we can't save ourselves. Healing from blindness was symbolic of opening their eyes to spiritual truths. He said the Pharisees who could see were blind, and the blind men could see the spiritual truths. It represented the opening of eyes to spiritual truths. Every time you share Jesus with someone they believe, God works the greatest miracle of all. He resurrects someone from spiritual death to new life that is a miracle we want to be praying for over and over and over again. Because that person's life isn't just changed for this life, it's changed for the life to come. It's changed for all eternity when they put their trust in Jesus. All of Jesus' miracles and the apostles' miracles were signs pointing forward to the greatest miracle of all, which is the salvation of sinners and the free gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Finally, what about their means? No money, no bag, no extras. We looked at their mission, we looked at their message, we looked at their miracles, their means. Verse 10, 9 and 10. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the work is worth the keep. Gold, silver, copper, I talking about coins, talking about money. Don't take money with you. Um, the bag would have been a travelling bag to carry food and other items, so they were not to take any provisions with them either. They were not to take any extra tunic or sandals or staff. They were to go with only the clothes and the shoes on their feet and nothing else and trust that God will provide through the people that they met and the people that they ministered to. Because the worker is worth his keep. They were on a mission from God, which means they were working for God, which means God would take care of them and provide. They were to go forth on mission fully trusting God to provide for all of their needs. Well, what about us? Should we send out missionaries today without money or food or luggage or provisions? Well, no, it's changed. We certainly trust God, we certainly pray. But these were specific instructions for a specific time and specific purpose. And Jesus again gives different instructions later in ministry. Luke twenty two, Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Or the Apostle writes in 1 Corinthians 9, Apostle Paul, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. So the Bible's clear that today we're to send out missionaries with support into the world. There's still a valuable lesson to learn, principle, that we depend on God, most of all, prayerfully. But today we send people out and we provide materially, for their needs, not their wants, for their needs. And we trust God to take care of them. We can take money and food and provisions now. And when we arrive, and I'm going to kind of wrap up the last few verses because we're short on time. As we arrive, we're to look for those who are receptive to the gospel. So as you go out into your neighbourhood, as you try to chat with people in the community at different events that we hold... We look for people who are receptive to the gospel and if they're receptive, that's fantastic. We have a great conversation. And if they're not, the Bible says to warn them The judgment is coming. I'm not sure how you do that at a movie night, but we're going to work it out. If people aren't receptive to the gospel, they're in great danger. And as much as we're able, we need to warn them of God's coming judgment upon them. So to wrap up, We're all on mission from God. We're not all paid pastors or supported missionaries, but we're all called to share the gospel with those around us and to participate in the worldwide mission of bringing the gospel to all nations, starting here with Gregory Hills and Gledswood Hills. It's a privilege, is it not, to be ambassadors for Christ, to have the indwelling Holy Spirit with us as we go out into the world. Isn't it a joy? It's a joy to live for Jesus, the great King, knowing that ultimately the battle is won. We can't lose. We're with Christ, in Christ. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have this great privilege and joy to do our very best, to do our darndest, to share the gospel with anyone we can. And I I always think, imagine the joy of spending eternity with people you've led to Christ and knowing you had a hand in it. It was all God's work, of course, but you had a hand in it. They're there because you made an effort in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you get to spend all eternity together. My friend Matthew Mulready, who led me to Christ, he gets to spend all eternity with me going, you know what, I read the Bible with you, I share the Gospel with you, it was all God, but I had a huge hand in bringing you to Christ. What a joy for Matt. And we have a great opportunity right now in this place and time, particularly when the rain stops, to share the gospel with our community. We've been blessed with this school and this principle. We've got a great opportunity. We need to make God's priorities our priorities, Christ's mission our mission. And as we'll see in the coming chapters, we can expect conflict, but we know that Christ is with us always. Let me pray in line with the sermon and I'm going to pray for a couple of other things as well. I'm going to lead us in prayer for Harrington Park, for Grace Anglican Church, Harrington Park. And I'm going to lead us in prayer that we can serve our community in a couple of different ways. And I'm going to pray for the McCorkendales, our Link missionaries who are heading back to Cambodia. Praise God. They've got tickets. It's all happening. Uh, Two weeks time-ish. They're finally heading back to Cambodia. They've got to spend two weeks in hotel quarantine with three children. (sighs) They definitely need prayer. They don't know what the food's going to be like in hotel quarantine. They're a bit nervous about Cambodian hotel quarantine food. So we'll pray about that uh, as well. Please join me in prayer. Loving Father and Almighty God, we thank you for this immense blessing of being saved uh, by your grace through Jesus and being entrusted to share the gospel of grace with the community at large. Uh, Lord, it's an immense privilege, and it's a great joy. And thank you so much for entrusting uh, this precious task to us. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's humbling, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you'll use us to share the gospel with the community. Lord, um, please remove obstacles from our lives next Sunday afternoon. Pray that many, many of us can spare an hour or two to deliver the flies and letterbox drop. Uh, the suburbs inviting people along to church at easter Uh, most of us have little children so help us to juggle that and uh, free up a bit of time perhaps with the children if they're big enough uh, to do a letterbox drop around the communities lord we pray that you uh, provide that time for us next sunday and lord please also remove obstacles from us going along to the movie night on the 1st of may we pray we can come along and we can serve our community by just making the night happen and we can serve our community by being here being friendly Uh, in the crowd and seeing that everyone has a great time we pray uh, that as our church becomes more uh, known in the community that we'll have more opportunities to serve our community (coughs) lord we pray for grace anglican church harrington park we thank you so much for uh, their generosity to us financially over the last five and a half years and still as we're not quite making budget We thank you for them, we thank you for the way that they've uh, supported our ministry, and we pray for their ministry, that they'll grow in love for one another and unity with one another. We pray that you'll grow their gospel hearts for mission in the community, and especially now too, as they've also changed their name and added grace to their name. Lord, we pray for the move uh, back to the school next Sunday, that it all goes very smoothly. Please give Jono and the leadership team and everyone involved energy, and uh, wisdom for that we pray the logistics all work out smoothly for them as they move back into the school um, lord it looks like a massive construction site but it's actually perfectly safe and so we pray that the looks which can be deceiving at the moment at the school are not a deterrent from people coming along to church and finally lord we pray for the Corkendales, for the corks um, help them to finalize their preparations with flights and Um, their housing when they're back over there and and everything they need Um, help them to be calm we pray for the children Um, they won't be too anxious they will be anxious lord but we pray that you're with them by your spirit and we pray for all their family in in australia who kind of have to say a big goodbye all over again as have now been here for a year or more getting on a year and a half so it's a big goodbye again lord and that's hard So we pray for your comfort upon all of them. Lord, we pray for um, a decent accommodation in quarantine and food that is wholesome and doesn't make them ill. Um, And we pray that the kids kind of can hang in there for the two weeks and not go too nuts. And we pray that you'll use them effectively to share the gospel uh, in Cambodia. We thank you for the way in which Craig in particular um, has been amazing at learning Khmer and can speak quite fluently and we pray you continue to help him in his conversational Khmer and to teach in a way that's really uh, helpful in class as he teaches the Bible to students over there in Cambodia. Lord, we pray for them, that you're with them, we know you are. Comfort them and uh, please move the road ahead for them back into Cambodia, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.